0: What did the 49ers season-ending victory do for the future of Jimmy Garoppolo? How is he viewed now inside and outside the building? And upon rewatch, some notes that we have from the Week 18 win over the Los Angeles Rams and some of your questions coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Playoff Edition. Crockett is definitely playoff season now for us, along with those San Francisco 49ers heading to Dallas. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at PD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. This podcast is brought to you in part by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this Years playoffs. Croc, let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo. I did a little rewatch and I noticed some things with Jimmy G and I noticed some things about uh, a lot that happened in that game. As ha- I mean, that's always the case. And this wasn't even the all 22. I just went back and watched the condensed version of the game. And I, I kind of want to go back and watch the all 22 now because there are some things I noticed. And I know you did not do QB Monday on Croc Talk TV this week with your guy, Greg Pinelli, quarterback coach, quarterback guru. I want you to ask him a question next time you guys talk, because I think I noticed something about Jimmy Garoppolo's delivery and what was different about it. In some ways, maybe even better than old Jimmy G with the bad thumb, but in in a lot of ways worse. And what I noticed is when he was throwing the ball short, it was coming out nose down. It really looked like he was using, as you would expect, more of his – top half of his hand, the fingers and less of his thumb, right? So he was kind of, it was this motion and the ball was coming out a little bit nose down and it actually darted pretty well on some of the short passes and uh, short to intermediate stuff. And I think it worked out well. And I think when he talked about how he had to change his throwing motion, I thought that was one of the things when he had to go nose up and feather the ball over, that's when it started to float. And that's when things got a little bit weird because I think he has to use that part of his hand a little bit more. All of his best throws were low trajectory, in that game, most of his throws period were low trajectory. So that was one thing I noticed. And I do want you to run that by Greg Pennelli. Uh, The other thing I noticed with Jimmy G is on some of those more flat throws. I think he was working on getting his lower half involved, kind of hitching up and like stepping into it a little bit more. And I think on some of them, there was actually a nice little bit of zip that maybe he didn't have before that maybe he should be incorporating anyway. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And maybe I was just like focusing too much on the rewatch and looking way too much into it. But ask Greg Penelli about that. Maybe.
1: maybe he does some of those things and you never noticed it because you didn't pay right. as close attention. That's,
0: that's why I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to know if that's the case or not because um, yeah, nose up, nose down. I wonder if that's a thing. Cause I really, it really seemed like he was getting on top of the ball and using a lot more of his fingers, in the way he threw the ball and a lot more of his bottom half, which is interesting. I don't know. One thing I noticed at the very end of that football game is, oh my goodness, Stafford had Odell and he underthrew that ball and Odell didn't do a very good job of coming back to the football. If, if man, if Stafford put it out there, there was, there was nobody there, man. That was gay. That was all game. I disagree. Really?
1: Yes, strongly disagree. What
0: what what do you I think thought, would happen if Stafford put the ball out there for Odell? Because he had a step on him, and there was somewhere to go with it.
1: I didn't think he had a step on him. This this is what I saw. So okay. typically, as a receiver is taking off, right, he's in drive phase. He's in drive phase, right? So he's he's digging, 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 knowing. Okay, I have to run back past this corner. Now, when you have a cornerback like Ambry Thomas who's in a bail the whole time, so I've had a lot of people that are like. Oh, he finally, finally had a corner and get his eyes around. It's like his eyes were back to the quarterback the entire time. So he's in the bill. He can see Odell kind of in his peripheral. At some point, Odell might have been in a, a sort of a blind spot, but he's in the bill the entire time staying on top of Odell, right? And he sees the ball thrown, and from there, he starts to adjust his uh, relationship with the receiver and focus more on the ball. So he starts to slow down, son, to track the ball in. Whereas Odell, who was really focused more so on the drive phase, by the time he looks and he's still running and he tracks it in and he sees where the ball is, the trajectory of it, he's too far upfield. Ambry Thomas had already adjusted. So I, I think it was more so of Ambry adjusting to the fight of the ball and doing it before Odell did. So it looks like Odell ended up having a step on him as opposed to Ambry Thomas just beat. Like, if the ball was just thrown, say it was a perfectly thrown ball, right, it just would have been a dogfight at the catch point. Now, would he won or lost? He's lost more of those than he's won. Yeah. So there still could be some trouble there. But he did a really good job adjusting to the fight of the ball.
0: That makes perfect sense. Two questions I have. It, and it's funny because uh, – it's the opposite of what people have said about Amber Thomas and, and some 49ers players when they don't get their head around. It was the receiver who wasn't tracking the ball. And it was the DB who was tracking the ball all the way instead of vice versa, where the D B is blind, doesn't know where the ball is. The receiver is tracking the ball the whole time and knows where it is. Um Real quick, so the
1: zone turn, man turn, right? Yeah. He was he was in his zone turn. So his man turn is like when I turn into him, I'm I'm running, kind of looking at the at the receiver, and then eventually, okay, I'm in phase. Let me turn now and get my head around to the ball. Right, so that's man turn. Zone turn is when you kind of turn your kind of your back to the sideline and you run out that way. And he was faced that way the entire time, so he didn't have to like, oh, he got his head around. Like his head was around the entire time. So I just kind of want to elaborate on that a little bit.
0: No, that that's that's awesome. That that makes perfect sense there. Um, I have another point with that, and you've heard the saying, "If he's even, he's leaving." Odell once he was even that's when they threw the ball up and again I don't know if he would have, if it would have been a runaway breakaway touchdown or anything but there was definitely a completion to be had whether it was uh you know ball skills against ball skills going up for the ball at the catch point right. or I but I, I I go back and watch it again I, I think he I think he might have I think he might have had him with a good throw
1: I we'll, we'll have to see um okay. I do want to say like typically if he's even, he's even, leaving. A lot of times, you know, especially cornerback position, if you have a guy that's in that backpedal and and the receiver kind of gets even with him and 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 the corner has to turn around with him, he's leaving. So, but if you're already in the bell where I'm already faced this way, I'm opened up, I'm already running downfield, and you're even, it's the, you know you're, you're you're fine. But if you remember back to week two playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, DeAndre Lenoir was in a backpedal against Quez Watkins and Watkins. Uh was running, you know, you had Lenore who was in a back pedal. They got even because Watkins is definitely faster than him. He's a he's a blazer, and it was it was going from there. I remember my initial reaction to that was you have to turn and open up quicker, especially when you're playing a speedy guy to already get in that running phase. And he didn't do it, he got bombed on. That was like a 91-yard gain. Uh, but again, back to Ambry Thomas. He he played it well. There, there was a a time in that play, watching it back, where I'm like, Odell was in your blind spot, and and that's a little dangerous because what if he stops? If he would have ran the 15 yard stop route, it would have been wide open, it'd have been an easy catch. But because he kept going vertical, he played right into the way that Amber Thomas was playing it.
0: And a lack of safety is deep like that was one that was a, a point in the game because a tie helps the 49ers, a loss, you go home it's almost like just play prevent because who cares if they kick a field goal? Who cares if they tie the game? We're going to the playoffs, right? Uh, and I'm surprised that the 49ers didn't play maybe even, even an even more exaggerated defense. They were like, only, there was just like, not only bail, just back back.
1: There, there was too much time to do that. I mean, there was like over two minutes, you know, it, just, uh, you need them to really try and, and, And pick up yards. You want to try to tackle them for short yardage gains. You don't want to give them easy completions and let them get out of bounds. And there's just too much time to let them eat over the middle, you know, protecting out of bounds and let them get on the ball and march down the field. So I do think that you had to play honest in that situation. Maybe if you were up seven, you could play it a little softer, but because, you know, it was overtime and it was a three-point game, I, I think they did the right thing by playing it more honest. Now, do you ideally want your rookie corner on the outside by himself on the island with Odell Beckham? Not ideal, but at some point, man, you got to play football. You're out there rookie or not. You know, you got to make a play. And, and and he did.
0: And rookie made a play. He absolutely did. Um, I, I went back and looked at his pro day numbers. We were talking about that a little bit in the overtime, uh, portion of that rapid react post game podcast yesterday. And the official numbers from Michigan from that pro day for Ambry Thomas. He was 5'11, 191. Uh 7". Th- not sure if he was that fast, but you know, athletic dude. He's fast. Uh 5'11, 191. It's pretty thick and as you noted to me off the air, 15 reps
1: on the bench, 15 reps.
0: So, I don't think it's a strength problem for Ambry Thomas at the catch point.
1: It's not. It's just a it's a mindset problem. You know, but uh one thing I wanted to touch on, you know, as far as his speed and a lot of times, I gauge speed is by do guys get on top of you. And so far from what I've seen from him, he's always in position. So clearly, he has the speed. Whether he's a pure four-three-seven guy or maybe he's a low four-four guy, regardless, there's I haven't seen him just struggle to be able to run vertically with guys. A lot of times, it's a mishap in his technique or at the catch point because he is in great position. So uh I do think he, whether he's a true four-three or not, he definitely has enough speed. Uh, to play the quarterback position on the outside doesn't seem to be an issue.
0: All right. That brings up the question, where is Jimmy Garoppolo's stock now? As we hit January 2022, uh, there is potential for a lot of quarterback movement in the offseason, including with the 49ers. There's already a bunch of coaches fired, new GMs. There's going to be a shuffling of deck chairs in the NFL where does Jimmy Garoppolo stand in all of this? And what did the Week 18 comeback victory do to Jimmy Garoppolo's stock? We'll get to that next, but I want to tell the folks about Turbo Tax Live. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for Turbo Tax Live, that is just not the case. Experts, that's what makes things. Interesting. Life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee, you decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving ride share after your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction For you. Croc and I doing what we do. We have some unusual taxes in some cases. TurboTax Live can help with those types of things. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Very nice if you do work from home. Whether you got married, had kids, changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome possible. TurboTax Live. Do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax live visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Jimmy G did anything change for Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo's stock is more volatile than Bitcoin, man. It's crazy. And sometimes it looks like it's about to go through the roof or to the moon. Maybe Dogecoin is, is, is more like what Jimmy Garoppolo's stock is like. And then sometimes it's, it seems like he's maddening and maybe you wouldn't get anything for him. Mid-season after that run the 49ers made, Jimmy Garoppolo was playing well. People were talking about, oh, the Niners are going to get a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Niners themselves are saying, maybe we're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in 2022. Uh, we talked to the hosts of Locked On Texans, the worst roster in the NFL, and they made it sound like they didn't want any part of Jimmy Garoppolo, that he'd be a downgrade from Davis Mills. Where the heck is Jimmy Garoppolo's stock right now? And did it rise? Did it fall? Did it stay exactly the same after Sunday in L.A.?
1: I'm hoping it, it rises a little bit, but I think most people know what he is. And I think, you know, with Jimmy G, and a lot of times we do this with him, we focus more so on either the outcome of the game, which a lot more times than not results in the W, and that's the most important statistic that matters. W? But also that he kind of needs certain things to kind of go his way. And it is a little bit more difficult for him to play above and beyond, right? And I think, you know, when you watch how he played down the stretch against the Rams, my oh, man, that, like, that's Jimmy. But the issue is the, the first half, that's Jimmy as well, where it was very stagnant. I believe before the very last drive, the 49ers had like 15 passing yards. <laughs> you know, now the defense didn't help very much. You know, they they couldn't get off the field. They gave, gave gave up 17 points, but also Jimmy Garoppolo didn't help the defense by making any plays early on.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think there was one point in the game that the Rams had more points than the 49ers offense had yards. And that's another thing I noticed on the rewatch, because I thought the defense was like really bad and that the, the Rams just went through, you know, a hot knife through butter on the 49ers defense. But that really wasn't the case. The first drive was long, but the 49ers bend don't break defense held up and forced a field goal instead. So it was three points. Then the next two scoring drives, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled on that one play so they were way backed up and then they had a nice little return on special teams so super short field they go down and get a touchdown it's 10 to nothing and then Jimmy Garoppolo throws the interception another short field so really the 49ers defense in the entire game never really gave up until the I'm trying to think of how the the second half touchdown was that a, a long drive It was drive? late in
1: the fourth quarter
0: with four um, drive? for the Rams the Rams offense
1: yeah, for the Rams. Yeah. They, they drove no, they drove the field, they drove like the they field. Got okay. it on the Ramsey interception.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So Ramsey interception, that was in the end zone. So they came out. So it was 75 yard drive. With that was, Jimmy, that was Jimmy Jimmy threw the
1: only through the, through the pick that exactly. you know, it was 17, well, 17 game at that point.
0: Yeah. So if I, I, I don't want to put on Jimmy Garoppolo cause it was an offensive thing, but Jimmy was a big part of it. Uh, they, Most of the points that the Rams got aside from the opening field goal were because of short fields, because of the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, then they drove the field in the second half. And that second half touchdown, where they drove the field, that was the only full field touchdown drive the Rams had the entire game because the two touchdowns in the first half were both short fields that's why it it just snowballed so quickly because the 49ers didn't hold the ball at all and the Rams had the ball with a long drive and then boom boom back to back they had the, they had short fields and scored touchdowns on both of those so um in a lot of ways it was that 17 nothing deficit was much more i felt like on the second watch much more on the offense than it was on the defense
1: and that's why I need to watch the game again because you know, especially when you're at the game or or and you're in, you're in, just intrigued with everything that's going on on the field. You're not really kind of focusing on exactly what's going on. You're, I'm, I know me, I was, I'm checking the Falcons' score. What the heck is going on in this game? Oh my <laughs> gosh! Okay, their quarterback got knocked out. Oh man, it didn't matter. Simeon comes in and throws a touchdown. I 49 can't miss the playoffs like this. I'm focused on all those things as opposed to exactly how. The Rams were getting their points. So I think you know the fact that you brought up the short field and kind of how it happened, that's is very interesting. But you know, we kind of started off this this segment talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and where he's at. And there are a lot of people saying, you know, he's the hero. And I don't want to take anything away from Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I promise you, there are maybe three quarterbacks in the NFL that I feel more comfortable having the ball. Like at the end of a game, than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I feel like that's as high a praise as you can give someone. He does weird things in the, in the games, so maybe he's the reason why you are in this situation. And again, it's a lot like Tony Romo. We saw Romo a lot like that throughout his career where he had a lot of comeback wins, but it's like, well, he's throwing interceptions. He's doing things to get you in the position to where he has to come back and win the game. And I don't think that's as ideal as maybe, you know, if you watch Aaron Rodgers or if you look at Tom Brady. Well, they just have leads, they play well, the leads increase, they get out of there with a W. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is never that simple, but I do appreciate the fact that definitely in this game and in other games too, even like Tennessee or the game, who was it, the Seahawks I gave him a game ball, he still will eventually bring you back and put you in position to potentially win the game. And, and I think that's a big-time trait of his that he has that may overshadow some of his the areas where he's not as strong.
0: Yeah, and just like a, a cornerback, he's got a short memory. He'll bounce back. We've seen that multiple times. He he understands the offense. I think the, the thing that Kyle Shanahan loves about him most and probably the thing that's keeping a rookie off the field is how quick his decisions are and just having a command of the offense and knowing where to go with the football, knowing where the ball needs to come out. And Jimmy's so good at getting the ball out quickly. There was that uh, a, a listener pointed out that we nobody talks about that third and three throw to hasty where he was a, a defender was bearing down on him in the pocket and the way he gets the rid of the ball so quickly and makes those decisions, gets the ball out in 2.3 seconds. Um, I know it was a busted coverage and Jawan Jennings was wide open for that uh, that, only touchdown pass of the game that Jimmy Garoppolo threw but does a rookie see him even cuz Jimmy saw that whipped over is like oh he's wide open boom that wasn't the first read and he snapped it out so quickly does a rookie see that play you know so there's and he he had some great throws in that game despite the thumb some absolute darts and he's always been a dart thrower like that so there's a lot of good and there's bad as well to go with Jimmy Garoppolo and I know for a fan sometimes it's maddening but I think if we're talking about stock for another organization another team that just wants uh, a quarterback that they can win with, someone that they can trust, somebody that is smart. That you can trust them, but
1: you him. don't trust them, right? It's like you yeah. trust them, but you don't. Yeah, Jimmy if, W. If it's a if, game. You win if, with them. If it's a, it, and I don't want to say if, because it happened. The, the way the 49ers happened, and shout out to J- Demeco Ryan. T- I think I saw something, final numbers might be number three overall defense in the NFL statistically. Well, that defense also really did a great job of Limiting a high power Rams offense in the second half, getting multiple interceptions, and really, you know, playing complementary football with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I, th- I think when you are a team and you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, how often are you going to be able to play that type of complementary football to keep you in games? Because if, if the defense just if they get one less stop, we're talking about the draft now. You know what I'm saying? Right. So mm-hmm. th- those are things right there where I think when people start to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason, they're going to see the good. And I do think that teams and coaches will value that more than a lot of fans of opposing teams because, like we talked to the Houston Texas guy. They said, no way. They actually laughed at us. I posted things on Twitter about Jimmy Garoppolo, teams that I felt like he could help, the Saints. I, I feel like they'd be a playoff team with him right now, uh, the New York Giants. People, like, they they poke fun, like, as if he's just just this bum but then we go and see him do what he did last game. I just think that the thing that people are going to have a hard time with is how how much help does he actually need to be able to get the Ws? And if you look at 2019 and you look at this year, the 49ers definitely kind of have to play a certain way and need more things to kind of go their way to eventually get the W. I mean, the Houston Te- uh, the Tennessee Titans game, that should have been a flat out W. Like there's no way the 49ers should have lost that game. And you're going to have games like that throughout the year. Every team's going to have some sneakers. Hell, Tom Brady was held to zero points by the New Orleans Saints, right? So every team has weird games, but the good quarterbacks, the guys that you want to pay a lot of money for, okay, it might happen three times. It might happen four times. But you don't want it to happen any more than that. And I I think that might be what kind of differentiates him from some of these uh, higher-tier quarterbacks.
0: Right, so he's not in that tier. I think we know that, but the reason why he'll have value is because, and you laid it out there, the saints, the saints are absolutely a playoff team. And maybe the 49ers aren't if the saints had Jimmy Garoppolo, the the Eagles probably wouldn't be actually, it'd probably be the saints instead of the Eagles, the Pittsburgh Steelers they would be so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Ben Roethlisberger is one of the worst stars in the NFL. I don't know how that team snuck into the playoffs because of uh some really bad play from some other teams like the Colts and uh the Chargers. Um like there's so many teams that if they just like a a coach would kill and would save his own job. That's the other thing. Like when you're a fan, you're like, Ooh, how good are we going to be in five years? I want this superstar young quarterback. A coach is like, I'm gonna get fired if I don't win right now today, (laughs) you know? And, and I think a lot of coaches would, will get, will get off on it. I, I think, I think a lot of coaches will see that you were down, you were hurt. You played through pain. You came back and won a football game. I bet coaches are losing their minds over. Oh, I love this Garoppolo dude. He's so tough. I want that guy. He's smart, gets the ball out. He's tough, played through pain, went and won a game, got his team in the playoffs. I bet there's some coaches and GMs out there. Old school mentality. They are losing their minds. They love that from Jimmy G.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and I'll end with this. It's all good, like all the things, and I really appreciate everything he's doing right now. At the end of the day, he's gone next year. Like there is no... I, I, I don't want people to get confused with what the situation is. They use all that draft capital to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance showed you, hey, I have the ability to play at a high level. And that game was just as important as this game, right? Like now that we look at it, we kind of go back. If the 49ers lose that game, they're not in the playoffs. It's really that simple. So that was a playoff game. And that was a big game by Trey Lance to have that performance, put up almost 300 yards by himself, a couple touchdowns, ran for another one they took back be able to put those points on the board. And I mean, he's just getting started. So that's the guy moving forward. But right now, it's definitely Jimmy Garoppolo's time for the rest of this 2021 season.
0: Absolutely. And I was asked recently on a radio show, what reason makes you so confident the 49ers will move on from Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason? And it's simple. There's 25 million reasons for it. The 49ers got a bunch of free agents. They need that money. They spent resources on on a quarterback who's on a rookie contract. They've got to utilize that talent now. It's Jimmy G's show. For the 2021 season, when that's over, uh, the 49ers are gonna be accepting offers. Now, the question is, what will the 49ers get? What will that value be? We'll talk more about that as the offseason goes along. But I want to get to some of these uh listener questions here and a fan that you bumped into in the city of angels, croc. But I want to let the listeners know about get upside when you're traveling around. If you've got your G Wagon, you need to get some gas in that bad boy. Open up the Get Upside app and give yourself some cash back my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up with the get upside app just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up so that's up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank don't pay full price at the pump anymore guys go download the get upside app i use it it's super easy I'm filling up with the same gas at the same station I would have already, but I claim my 10 15 $0.25 cents per gallon back every time I fill up, and there's no cash. The cash gets, goes right back into your account. You can cash out anytime into your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, whatever you want. Download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. And, you know, you can put some of that money to use, maybe making some cash on the 49ers in the playoffs. And if you are looking for an edge and a place to invest that money, look no further than OnlineGambling.com. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as as ever don't go out there making bets without the information you need you can find that information at onlinegambling.com giving you the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day every day inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars make informed decisions with information sourced by experts Visit the website online slash NFL for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs. Make sure uh, you go to onlinegambling.com slash NFL for the latest news and tips. Remember that is online gambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. Crock, you mentioned on the rapid react podcast yesterday that you ran into a 49ers fan in the G wagon and he pulled over on the street to wave down Eric Crocker with his family and say, what's up. He recognizes you from the podcast. And uh, we found out who that fan was. That was Basilio shout out to Basilio. He said, I waved down Crockey with my wife and kids in my silver G wagon. When I saw you in your Kaepernick Jersey, what a game to go to and great seeing you as well. So now we know who that was in the G wagon.
1: Yeah, that was so cool. That was cool. And, and like I said, just everybody that, you know, came up to me and, and spoke to me or, You know, ran me down. I know the lady, you know, did I tell you about how my tickets, the whole double selling thing, and I had to move out of the seats I originally was in? No. What? So I originally was in some seats kind of high up and I purchased my tickets, but something weird happened to where I purchased them, I showed them, I got scanned in, I was in, but they sold them to somebody else as well. So two people, two groups of people had the same tickets. And but the other people's names were on the ticket, even though I was able to scan my tickets to get in. Weird thing. So the lady came at halftime and was like, okay, we'll just move you to a different spot or whatever. And as I'm walking with her, several people stopped to ask if I could take pictures with them. They were like, Oh, it's croc. And and the lady, she was looking like, Who are you? I'm like, I'm nobody. I just have this 49ers podcast. (laughs) But uh that was that was pretty cool. Just the amount of love, you know. Like, yeah, a lot of people really enjoy the the locked on podcast. I I definitely got that sense of that this weekend.
0: That's fantastic stuff. And don't sell yourself short, Croc. You're not a nobody. This podcast uh, is listened to by millions of people. We had 3 million downloads last year. That's why you are a celebrity no matter what city, what stadium you're walking through, Croc. So uh, that's (laughs) fantastic. I love hearing that. Shout out. Let us know at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, or Locked On 49 ers at Gmail if you saw Croc running around Los Angeles, Irvine, SoFi Stadium. He was in all kinds of places in A Los lot of Angeles. people took
1: pictures with me, shoot them to me, DM me, you know, the photos, yeah. all that stuff, man. That that that's cool.
0: I saw <laughs> I saw two videos you posted actually. One was awesome, it was a third down play, and that house was rocking. It was all red in the seats, and that they were going crazy rooting for the 49ers. That was a home game for the 49ers. That was an awesome yeah. video. And then the other one was I don't know who shot it, but it was you after the game, and you were losing your mind. You were filming your own video and you were like standing up and there's Rams fans uh, kind of nearby but you're standing up like on this post like puffing your chest out and then you're doing your own video and someone was videoing you doing your video and you were <laughs> on fire man you were pumped up after that victory
1: oh yeah you know it was a it was a weird like the 49ers fought back so hard to get into that game like they fought so hard and they go up and and then when the interception happened it was like it's over like we did it. We're in the playoffs. Like, you know, and it was just like, so I'm running around. 49 fans are running around. We're we're chest bumping. We're high-fiving each other. You know, just all kind of random people. I have no idea who they are. They don't know who I am. But we're, at that moment, everybody was family. And, uh, you know, emotions were running really high. I'd say about after the, when the 49ers had the punt with well, less than two minutes left, their fans started chanting, na, 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 na. Hey, 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 goodbye. They did that whole thing for a while and uh for it to go into overtime, they were kind of sick. You can see it on their face. And looking at some of the clips from TV, you can see it on Sean McVeigh's face as well.
0: Absolutely. Maybe front runners a little bit. And and Matthew Stafford's been accused of that for a long time since his Detroit days. Sean McVeigh out on the field. We talked about I it didn't last see night. that Oh, yeah, he's out there on the field when they're scoring touchdowns in the end zone. The ref's looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? Get back on the sideline. And he's having a good old time, and then they showed that shot of the sideline when it's tied (laughs) 17-17. He was tied in the third quarter, plenty of time left. And they're just all dejected. All the players are like, oh, bummed out. Like they were – I had
1: no idea. They were division champions. I had no idea about the whole him on the field. Obviously, from the stands, you know, you're not really looking at that unless you really, you know, focus on that. But I didn't see that until maybe this morning. I started seeing it flowing through my timeline on Twitter about how he was celebrating, you know, when they were up 17-0. And I was like, wow, that's – yeah, you you little clown. I mean, I was it, – it made me feel good. I wish I would have known that. I probably would have went harder on the Rams fans in the stadium.
0: <laughs> so they did get a little chant going, I guess. And there was – I was funny because there's multiple times where you could hear – uh, in the stadium audio where they're like "Oh, whose house is it and it was like what dude you're trying oh. to rally you can't rally a crowd when there's more of the other team's fans there that's just like don't even play that don't try that because it's not going to work out well for you and i'm wondering if was there fans in the crowd that were at least trying to hype up the other fans and let the other fans know when to get loud to try to like counteract the 49ers fans because was clearly more 49ers fans than rams fans period
1: yeah well you couldn't really tell you know like i i think you know, if something good happened for the 49ers, or something good happened for the Rams, it was kind of hard to tell, you know, which side the fans are on because it was so mixed and there was more 49er fans. So, I mean, there were times where 49ers would start like defense and they're getting loud and the Rams fans are trying to counter that. So they're like, you know, Let's go Rams! And it's only making it worse. <laughs> right, it's making
0: it louder. That's why it sounded so loud because the Rams fans yeah. were just like adding to the volume, but you could still hear the chant for the defense. That's uh, yeah, that's a-
1: they're like, we can't let them be louder than us. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It really was great. Awesome stadium yeah. too. That stadium is it's it's wild. it's wild. Yeah, it looks good. It's an outdoor stadium. You know, it's technically as an outdoor stadium. It it just has a cover over the top. That's it. So it's not like walled in on the sides or anything.
0: But the sun keeps out and the rain keeps out. But it's open air underneath the roof. Right.
1: Right. I mean, if you could think of a carport, like that's basically what it is.
0: Carport. Okay, that makes sense.
1: I'm like well, Mike I says. Have <laughs>
0: I want to I want to talk about this one because we didn't really mention Brandon Ayuk much. And Mike says I feel like this went under the radar because of Debo, Jimmy, and Jennings. But Ayuk finally getting his 100 yard game was an incredible boost. Yeah, took to week 18, but Brandon Ayuk had his first 100 yard receiving game of the season, so he deserves some props as well. And I saw an interesting stat from Mike or uh, from Matt Barrows today that showed the leading receiver in every game for the 49ers, and it was either Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk every single game. Those are the only three guys that led the team in receivers in receiving yards in any game.
1: Well, Ayuk and Debo both had a couple crucial drops. There was one drop I know for sure from Ayuk. I believe it was when it was 17-17, and he dropped a slant or like a dig route or something over the middle. And I was like, that was going to be a big play. Debo dropped. He let two go through his hands, one near the goal line, but another one kind of starting off a drive. It went through his hands, and I feel like anytime Debo catches a slant, I'm like, Oh, this is a big game. Well, he dropped mm-hmm. it. So um, both of those guys, I'm like, you guys are cutting kind of close here, making this a little closer than it has to be. But both playmakers, and that was evident. Debo Samuel, he's just a he's a monster, man. He he's a monster. Grant Cohn, maybe kind of doing his little thing with 49er fans, but he talked about how he said, No, it was Debo, not. Jimmy Garoppolo, that got the 49ers back in the game. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, uh, Debo Samuel ran for a touchdown about 30 yard touchdown, and then the next drive he threw the touchdown pass to uh, Juwan Jennings, right? And that's what tied the game up. So he, he gave Debo Samuel more love than, than Jimmy G.
0: Oh, and he deserves it, absolutely. Debo Samuel was the MVP for the 49ers, he was the MVP in that game. Jennings isn't so wide open if it's not Debo either you have to use Debo as the decoy you can't like give the ball to Kittle and have him throw it to Debo because the defense is king on Debo but handing the ball to Debo brings in the defense and that allows you to make that play so not only throwing the ball from Debo but just utilizing Debo as the decoy to throw the ball brings in an extra defender that leaves someone like Jawan Jennings wide open out there. And I, I saw an argument from Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus because Trent Williams broke the entire system and was the highest-graded player ever this year in PFF history, 98.2 grade overall or something like that, wow. which is crazy. And Trent Williams is awesome. And he's like, that should be the offensive player of the year in the NFL this year, although nobody will vote for it. And I'm like, heck no, he's not even the most valuable player on his own team. I would take Debo 10 days out of 10 over Trent Williams. I'll take, I'll take – Colton McKivitt's at left tackle and you give me Debo and I'm good. Like, you know, Debo is still more valuable than a left tackle because an offensive line is a unit. It's five. I I think of an offensive line as as one unit of five dudes, and those are interchangeable parts, obviously. You want to have the five best you can, but you can't do anything with just a left tackle. You can do a lot with just a Debo Sammy.
1: And just a Debo Sammy who had over 1,800 yards from scrimmage. I mean, over 1,400 yards receiving Around 350 rushing yards, 14 total touchdowns. What just an amazing season. And when the 49ers needed him most, and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo needed him, and, and and we needed Jimmy Garoppolo, of course. But Debo put the team on his back, man, and had some big plays. But shout out to him and Jimmy Garoppolo down the stretch, man. They were they were big time. That one play late in the fourth quarter. Jimmy steps up in the pocket, slides to the right, right, throws it downfield. You got an outstretch. I want to say it was maybe. Maybe Ramsey or someone diving yeah. and knocked the ball away. I mean, it was right over his hand. Debo caught it. He catches up field, makes a guy miss, and he's. I'm like, oh my god, this is just a such a sweet play. Sweet yeah. football player and and terrific job by Grapple as well.
0: Yeah, I'm great. Still trying to
1: get my voice back. If y'all haven't noticed,
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely noticed that you're fighting through that. We appreciate it, Croc. Uh, just looking at the stats right now too. I, I did forget and I didn't mention Elijah Mitchell. He was uh, just 37 yards short of 1,000 yards, but he did set the the. Rushing record for a 49ers rookie running back. He ended up with 963 rushing yards on the year. He was uh, really
1: good in the game. Yeah, he was
0: really good in that game. He's awesome. He's such a good fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's not quite as dynamically fast as, say, Raheem Mostert to make big plays, but he is fast enough to make some big plays. He's decisive getting downhill. Uh, He's tough. Pretty fun to watch. So um, shout out to uh, Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk. We didn't really talk about them on yesterday's show because there's so much to get to. But a little bit of love for them on today's program all right Croc, we got to get out of here thanks everybody for making us your first listen every day tomorrow another winky wednesday we'll be doing a crossover with the hosts of locked on cowboys and we'll be talking playoff football at dallas throwing it back to the 1990s the hated dallas cowboys it's going to be a fun week and we've got you covered every day right here locked on 49ers